finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. All right, Ed, we'll just do a quick warm-up real quick, but uh, I like to do a warm-up before we dive right into it. Sure. So with all the shit that's going on in the country right now and the protests and the riots, you actually went to to the Portland one. Yeah. And uh, and you also were in Atlanta. Are there any other ones you showed up at? or? Uh, I mean... LA I was in I was I was in LA during some of those uh the initial parts of that uh the protest and some of the looting uh going on in LA so I got to see some of that as well did you get anything good <laughs> that's a good one no I didn't get anything good uh I don't know uh to uh so when I was in Atlanta that was the the, the initial push of those nightly protests and looting and rioting um I was actually there to do a class on urban uh, urban movement, traveler safety, and uh, social engineering. So I got there, and the host called me um, right off after I got to, uh, out of the plane and told me, we're probably going to have to cancel this class because Atlanta is burning. And I told them, well, that's a pretty good backdrop and learning experience for people to kind of go through. Yeah. So um, in the words of Bill O'Reilly, Fuck it, let's do it live. <laughs> uh, so um, we actually used the riots as a backdrop, um, sent some of the students out there to kind of piece together uh, who's in charge on the protester side. You took the class. You took the class out there. Yeah. Oh shit! Nice. I took the class out there. Obviously, everybody signed a waiver. Everybody knew what they were in for, and everybody wanted the learning experience. And I didn't want to pass up the learning experience for myself to kind of see some of that stuff directly. Yeah. Uh, immediate things became apparent to the students and to myself. Um, a lot of conductors, people orchestrating things within the uh, scope of the protest and some of the, the, the looting going on on both sides. Even the cops uh, and the police and the government was doing were doing things to kind of move certain narratives and certain things along. Um, protester side, you could see people being bussed in or drove, drove, driven into the uh, protest in Atlanta. Uh, you can see certain elements, uh, certain things bought at Home Depot, you know, mm. that were pretty suspect. So it was surprising to me that on the law enforcement side, none of that was being monitored. Mm. Uh, so basically, basically, breaching kits were sold out in Atlanta. Crowbars, uh, angle grinders, that type of stuff. All that, all was, that shit was gone. All that stuff was kind of being, you know distributed in some of these places uh, with some of the some of the looters. On the protester side, there was a lot of communication, a lot of people utilizing things like uh, uh, during the, a lot of the students were within the crowds, they could see over shoulders and would see what the messaging devices that people were using. So they were using Snapchat, they were using uh, Signal, they were using um, Seyo, which is like a, it turns your phone into like a radio uh, thing and they were using headsets hmm. uh, to kind of orchestrate some of these things. So it was actually pretty fucking organized. 
some of it was and on the on the uh you know and not to just talk about the protesters there was a group of people that rolled in at uh, at one point during the night uh handing out water bottles and being very pro police pro blue line and uh they were driven there inside of a police car and they were driven out of there inside of a police car after they made a, a an appearance on the news Hmm. So you know, everybody with every it was a circus with a lot of rings in there. It's interesting. How uh, how did your students feel? Being uh, in I that? mean, uh, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change. Um, um, you know, people are people are people are usually told told to avoid these these types of incidents and and, and spaces. You know, my whole thing is that I want to teach people how to look at things differently. Uh, to look things uh, from uh, an adversarial type of uh, way. So uh, when I used to do training uh, for uh, bodyguards in Mexico, I used to take them through a full ambush class first and then showed them how to counter that, right? I, I take that kind of that same approach with uh, students coming into some of the urban survival classes where I'm like, hey, so I'm going to show you how to get out of a bad situation where maybe civil unrest is a thing. Um so I have to show you how civil unrest kind of acts and how it coordinates and how the Hong Kong protesters are a quantum leap when it comes to civil unrest yeah. and how you're seeing some of their methodology kind of now being transferred through the interwebs into the methodologies that are now being expressed by groups like Antifa, groups like Black Lives Matter, some of the, black, some of the elements within Black Lives Matters. And... Uh, and some of the people around these protests that's, that basically use them to do what they do, which is loot, uh, you know, property damage. And it's just an excuse or an outlet for them to do what they do. Um, do you think those protesters that went there uh, went with bad intentions or do you think or do you think that they were manipulated after being there by a certain group and I mean, kind of handed what they needed to turn it into what a, it wound up a, being. A pretty good example of this. Well, I was in Portland, and I actually was at uh, the hundred, the hundred, uh, the hundred uh, day one hundred and one of the protest when the uh, the when the Molotov cocktail was thrown at one of the at uh, by one of the protesters and landed within the protesters, and one of them their feet their feet caught on fire. Uh, the the memes that came out of that, you know. The internet wins, you know. Uh, pretty horrific uh, sight for most people. I've seen worse, but that that happened. Um, interesting thing about that is the protesters immediately looked around and, and said, "Somebody call the police!" Basically, you got to be shitting me. And the uh, the state police rolled in, put him out, and there was a there was an unspoken truce happened in that moment, right? And they put put this guy's shoes shoes out with his extinguisher, and then they went back to the whole. Mm. Us against them. Um, I've been I've been through riots. Uh, I've, I've been through two riots: uh, prison riots, uh, some prison, uh, some riots outside of the prison in Tijuana, uh, a bunch of other you know civil unrest uh, situations uh, in Mexico, where people do get killed and people do have nefarious intent, and people and the cops will shoot back. Yeah, a repressive, true repressive government. Uh, I don't see that in Portland. Five percent CS gas being used, which is, you know, it makes you sneeze. You know, uh, snack carts being uh, pulled through the uh, the protester line. They have fucking with, snack carts. Yeah, 
Red Bull granola, uh, water, Gatorade bottles being offered to the protesters there. Lots of Kool-Aid. A lot of, a lot of Kool-Aid. <laughs> um, uh, mostly young people. Uh, most So I, I, I look at things a different way. Mm-hmm. So I was going through that protest, and one of the first things that I did was smell some of the people there. You would think that a protest that's lasted 100 days uh, would mean that a lot of people have been out there just sleepless, just with the, you know, fighting the good fight. All these people smelled like they took a shower in the morning. All these people smelled of Axe body spray and Old Spice. All right? they, uh, they smelled like they've been living comfortably, maybe couch surfing in the area. Um, mostly Caucasian. Um, mostly all of them had pretty good dental work done on them. A lot of them had a very expensive frames on their glasses. A few very expensive, not expensive shoes, but upper middle class is what I saw there. Not, And it was all about Black Lives Matter. And I did not see a lot of black lives in that environment. Mm-hmm. The black lives that I saw in that environment, I saw a few uh, African-Americans honking their horns because they were getting back from work into their suburban uh, houses in the area. And it was interesting seeing that nonsense, nonsensical kind of a struggle that they were going through where the black lives they're fighting for honking their horns, trying to get through the crowd to get back home. And they're there protesting for yeah. uh, against the, the police. Uh, and the police are using 5% gas and engaging in the, the like, you want to talk about restraint. I yeah. mean, I've never seen a, such a restrained uh, riot police force in my, in my, in my life. I yeah. mean, they did everything they could not to damage anybody at that riot. Um, so, um, speaking to some of the members of law enforcement that were working, uh, did they years, accomplish that real quick? Just backtrack. Like, did they harm anybody? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, uh, they pushed. Some people got knocked to the ground just by by uh, scattering when some of the police has kind of moved in on on the protest. But it was. I mean. I I am a I'm three years into the American dream myself, so I'm, I'm I still have the perspective of an outsider, and I can make heads or tails of what I was seeing. Um, it seemed like a play being acted out in front of me, some sort of show, um, and the show became louder and rowdier when the cameras were there. Okay. So and on the on the police officer side, like I actually went over, and talked to some of them. Um, and desperation on their end. They don't have leadership in Portland as far as uh, their police forces. They don't have the backing or support of the government there. Yeah. The government says, well, just do, be there, but don't do anything. Property yeah. damage is happening. Don't worry about it. We'll What's pay the fucking for it. point of being there then? That's you know? the thing, you know? So I, I, I feel for them. I feel for the protesters too. I mean, I feel for... Uh, I feel for what the fight that they think they're they're, they're fighting for uh, the the motives that they have to for being there, uh, and they were sold something that might not be what they think it is, and I think most of these things were probably gonna flare up or fade away once uh, November passes. That's yeah. kind of the feeling I get. How many people were out there, and was it like uh, was it shoulder to shoulder? Was probably, it that crowded? It's probably just a gra- just probably somewhere in the vicinity of two thousand people, maybe, kind of moving around randomly. A few leaders in the protest. Screaming out directions. What kind of directions? Let's go over to the park. Let's form a line here. Gather all the dumpsters. Put them in the middle of the street. Uh, gather rocks. Um, uh, back back up. 
disperse, regroup. That no shit. Yeah. And everybody listens. So everybody listens to the best abilities. Usually a few people listen and the rest of them follow the crowd. Okay. So it's a lot of herd mentality. Not even close to what you see in Hong Kong, though. You know, them you know, they're Asian, so you know, there's something there about them, there's something about their organization. So I don't know. It's not even close to what you see in Hong Kong uh, as far as the organization goes and some of the sophistication shown by the protesters. Yeah. Uh, but it's pretty interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting and interesting how they're basically being busted in and relieved and something is maintaining that. You know, there has to be something maintaining that financially. Yeah. Did you feel like you were in danger at all being in there? Or? No. No. Completely. So I had a few people tell me, Ed, what what are you doing there in that <laughs> protest? Um, I'm not telling people to be reckless with their safety and lives. I know people that I, I usually tell people to avoid that. Uh, I'm a non-permissive environment uh, specialist. I, I train people on how to be safe, specifically in places where they're not supposed to be or places that turn into places not supposed to be. Yeah. So who would I be? doing those types of classes if I don't go to those places and learn from them, right? So to me, it was a learning experience. Um, but in my experience, being in a place, very dangerous places, that was not even close to, you know, to the scale of, of danger that I've, that I've been in my life. That was, that was pretty tame. Yeah. I didn't feel threatened by the law, by law enforcement. I saw some of the canisters go off and get a whiff of some of that CS gas prepared for CS gas. Yeah. And I sneezed a bit and rubbed my eyes a little bit and then learned it was 5% CS gas. Right. So, no, I did not feel in danger. I felt for the people that live there. Yeah. That's a sympathy I got. You know, some some of these people, some of the property damage that I saw, um, some of the people coming, uh, coming back from work, some of the people going to work, getting their lives interrupted by all these kids playing rage against the machine in the middle of the street and just knocking over uh knocking over um knocking over trash cans and stuff like that for a cause that they feel very very uh deeply about and uh, how that gets manipulated manipulated by some some people out there maybe and and on the other side desperate police officers going on inhumane shifts yeah and having no support of the people that were elected to to lead them. Right? Yeah. So it was, I mean, to me, it was, a, it was a sad state of affairs. Something that is very familiar to me as far as somebody that comes from the third world in, to, from a country like Mexico that has a lot of that type of strife. Yeah. You can see elements of that in there. So it was surprising to me that I saw that in Portland a few, a few blocks away from a, from a, a bunch of restaurants where all these protesters were having lunch before they got there. A vegan restaurant, a noodle restaurant. Mm. There's a bunch of hipster places, and all of a sudden, ah, that was a great um, a vegan, um, you know, pizza. Now let's go protest how bad we have it. Right? Yeah. That was like I just I I my brain doesn't uh, isn't able to comprehend exactly what's going on there. Did it get worse at night? Uh, you know, it 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 it, it kept uh, it kept ramping up and then lowering down, ramping up, lowering down. A lot of it was actually provoked by media being there filming. That's mm. what that's Sound what made a lot of the people just kind of get rowdy again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you can see, you can see some of the desperation on the cop side. I mean, they 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 don't they don't want to be there every night. You know. Um, 
with their hands tied behind their yeah. back. Was there uh when you said there was kind of a uh like um like a a momentary truce when that guy's leg caught on fire, but uh what were the cops were the police officers intermingled with them or was there like a clear line? That's a clear line. Uh uniformed all black a riot police with some of the subdued patches on there. Um, they saw the Molotov cocktail being thrown and the sky catching on fire, basically running through the crowd. And then the protesters with all their infinite wisdom telling him to roll. And he kept rolling, but his his feet were on fire. So that rolling thing yeah. doesn't work when your feet are on fire, apparently. It's fucking gas, buddy. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they, you could see their help, helplessness coming coming in from the bottom up until their voice said somebody call the police yeah which was insane for that environment and they did come and they did put them out with extinguishers and then they get uh and then they had to go back to their line and start getting pelted again even if after they did their good deed their deed you know again yeah. i saw some of the faces in that police line again black lives matter there's a lot of black faces on the police uh, on the police line as well, so I don't know. I yeah. don't know what to think about all that. <clears throat> what do you think uh, would stop it? I don't know. Um, that's a that's a big question. I think it's beyond my uh, understanding. I would uh, advise that a lot of the people that that uh, talk about police repression or a repressive government would uh, take the time to travel a bit yeah. abroad. I think some of us that have had the opportunity to travel or that they're not, they're, or that are not from uh, this country have experienced uh, what that actually feels like. Yeah. What, uh, what being tossed into the back of a car without your rights being read and actually being tortured in a cell somewhere because you belong to a different political party than they do. What yeah. that is actually is. Um, what being a, a reporter somewhere and being killed uh, because of something you reported is. Yeah. What, uh, you know, what having a grove of armed men coming to your house and taking your prettiest daughter to a party and never seeing her again, what that's like. Um, uh, the, the, the U.S. is, is not that. Yeah. Uh, no matter how much they try and push that narrative. Um, like I'm not from here. I travel every weekend. I'm in a different state every weekend. And I, a few cases that I've seen, a few cases that I've experienced, but mostly the, 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 the there's no, the, the, they not experience what true hopelessness is when it comes to the government. Yeah. What true repression is when it comes to the government. And, uh, most places in the country, you bathe in drinkable, potable water in the morning. Yeah. You know, I think you, people should start there, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is, the police can't really do much. You know, their fucking hands are tied behind their back. And, uh, and, 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 and what about the, what about the future? Like how many people are going to sign up to be in the police in Portland in yeah. the next few years? What about the people that retire? Yeah. Uh, what I've heard is the salaries aren't uh, too attractive. Um, the work they're doing right now is inhumane uh, for what they're doing. They don't get any support. 
So eventually, you know, people are fighting, uh, they're trying to cancel the police. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but, you know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like the best thing you can do is just let people live in uh, exactly what the fuck they created, <laughs> well, as harsh uh, as that sounds. But well, uh, 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 Hard times produce hard men. Yep. Hard men will produce good times, and good times will produce soft men. And the snake will bite its tail. I think we're at that point right now in history where the snake is biting its tail. I think we're there too. Um, and it's to me, it's a. I'm I, I. People ask me about you know what I think about these things and you know what's happening in the U.S. Uh, the world has ended for me several times over in Mexico, um, from my job uh, ending to to seeing a whole generation of young uh, kids that I grew up with being consumed by a drug war. I mean, consumed by it. Their bodies are no bodies to bury. So my world has ended a few times over. Yeah. Uh, coming up here and seeing some of the strife that the country's going through is, um, I still have hope. I still have, a, I still have a vision or an idea of what the U.S. is. I remember, said, I remember getting gifted a copy of the Constitution when I, Started going through my immigration process by a, 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 a dear friend of mine, uh, Dan, the NSW reservist. And he gave me a copy of the Constitution, told me to read it. <laughs> and I read it, and it's a pretty amazing document. It's probably the closest thing to a divinely inspired document that I've seen. Um, and you can see its effects on the country you have now. Uh, but again, you, you, you start getting into what it's churning into. This, the clear line of separation between this side and that, and uh, some somebody like me getting caught in the middle. Just you know, I'm new here. Uh, what? Yeah. How can I help? How? Oh, you're 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 supposed to be on that side, or you're supposed to be on this side, and that's just disheartening, you know. Well, that's that's uh, pretty interesting to hear from a uh, from another standpoint from an immigrant. So uh, thanks for sharing that. And uh, let's get on with the uh, let's get on with the show. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. Today's show is sponsored by HelixSleep.com. Sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to HelixSleep.com and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched with the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match based on your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your front door, shipped for free. When you receive your Helix mattress, you'll be hooked. It's so easy to unbox and you won't believe how well you sleep. You'll wake up feeling rested, 
and refreshed. Helix mattresses are fiberglass free and cradle your body for essential support in every sleeping position. They have a 10 year warranty and Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com SRS. That's helixsleep.com SRS. This is their best offer yet, and it's not going to last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. 